Hey everybody, welcome to Trained, a podcast exploring the cutting edge of holistic fitness. I'm your host, Ryan Flaherty, the Senior Director of Performance at Nike. We're going to do something a little different today, taking some time to answer the questions you've been sending to us at the trained at nike.com email address. I'm always really stoked to do a Q&A like this, first because I'm just blown away by the depth of some of these questions, and second because getting accurate wellness info out there is a big reason why I do this podcast in the first place. So let's get to it. The first letter I've got here is from Chrissy. Hi, Trained, she says, love the podcast even though I'm not a professional athlete or coach. So many of the topics you dive into can be applied in my career as a nurse. I would love to hear your thoughts on sleep for the night shift worker. I hear again and again how important sleep is. But as an ER nurse, it has been hard for me to find a day position. Day sleeping comes with so many challenges. The bright ass sun, (laughs) the Amazon deliveries, kids awake at home, waking up to pee, and just waking up because my body naturally wants to be awake. Do you have any thoughts on best practices for a night shifter who still wants to feel healthy, rested, and fit? For instance, is it better to flip to a normal schedule when I'm not working? Are there supplements or nutritional modifications you'd recommend? Any information would be greatly appreciated. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you, Christy, for the question. This is a great question because I know it affects an upwards of 25% of the population that are night shift workers. And I know what's difficult about this is you're constantly hearing information about how positive sleep is for us and how important it is for our well-being and actually, you know, in terms of health and vitality, and yet you're in a role that doesn't allow that to happen. And it's tough to grapple with that. What research has shown over the past few years studying night shift workers, they find that it does alter gene expression and that we don't flip our circadian rhythms to be able to adapt to day sleeping. And so it's really, really difficult to really understand why you're feeling kind of impaired in terms of your performance, decision making, knowing that you're trying to get as much sleep as you possibly can, but your body's just not getting used to it. The bummer about it is that your body probably isn't going to get used to it. And so it's really important to just do the best you can to simulate night during the day. So blackout shades, you know, a sleep visor, soundproofing the room as best you can. And just trying to have an honest conversation with your family that like how important it is for you to get a minimum of five hours of sleep and that they do the best they can to kind of keep that area of the house or your room as quiet as it possibly can during that time. You want to try to be as natural as possible and any supplements or medications that would help you sleep aren't going to be long-term beneficial for you. You did mention getting back to a normal schedule when you're not working. I would highly advise that. I actually reached out to one of our sleep experts to ask them your question. And what they did say was that on your off days, you should try to get as much sleep on your normal circadian rhythm as possible just to get the rest in as best you can. My brother-in-law actually is a night shift worker. He, He thought his body would just get used to it at some point. And that's the crazy part. She said, your body doesn't. The one good bright spot is there was a study done out of the University of San Francisco, Cal State San Francisco, that showed that some people have genes that enable their body to not get as much sleep as other people. So there's people who are born with a gene that allows them to sleep you know, four to six hours a night and be fully rested versus people who need, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep to be fully rested. So there are some people who do benefit from that gene, but not all of us have it. Very few of us do. So I would look at your sleep debt over the course of a week. And so if you're on your on shift nights, you're only getting four or five hours of sleep. Do the best you can to get back on your normal schedule in the off days and make up as much sleep as you possibly can. And rather than looking at night to night going, I'm not getting enough sleep, look at overall the week. It's just important to know that you're never going to get used to it. So the fact that you're still struggling with it, and even if you do it for years, the struggle that you're having year over year is not abnormal. And just give yourself a little bit of grace and try to catch up as much as you can on your off nights, your normal schedule of sleep when you can. Next up, we've got a letter from Brian. And as a dad myself, I'm excited for this one. Hi, Ryan. He says, Great podcast. Well, thank you. 
I'm a father of a six-year-old daughter, and I want to get her involved in a sport. Do you have any ideas about how to help her decide on a sport she'd like to pursue? Brian, thank you for the question. And yes, something I can absolutely relate to. In my old life, I had a facility down in San Diego, and we trained a lot of young athletes there. And one of the biggest surprises to me throughout the years of running that facility was seeing how many athletes, young athletes that we worked with and trained that ended up finding a sport that they didn't realize they would be good at through training and experimentation with different sports. So often we try to influence our kids to play the sports that we played or the things that we experienced or enjoy, right? So like if we love golf or if we love basketball, we'll try to get our kids to play those sports because that's what we did and that's what we want them to experience. But the disservice we can do sometimes is that without broad experimentation across the board in different sports from individual sports like cross country and running to team sports like soccer and basketball, what you may miss out on is your child may be predisposed to be exceptional in a sport that you would never know because you don't give them the opportunity to try. We had an experience with a young girl who came to our facility. She came with her younger brother. Her brother played basketball and baseball and soccer, and she didn't play sports, but her mom wanted her to exercise. And through that, we ended up finding she started just to dominate in every single distance workout or session that we did. And they had no idea she would be good at something like that. And slowly but surely, we started to expose her to more track and field distance cross country events. And she really latched onto it, started to really enjoy it and ended up competing and earned a scholarship to college playing a sport and otherwise that she would have never played and ever been exposed to just by experimentation. You know, we have a lot of different energy systems and we have a lot of different strength abilities and different sports utilize different energy systems and different strength abilities. Not all of us have all of them. And so it's important for you as a parent to get your kid exposed to different sports that test different energy systems that test different strength abilities and see which one a they love and have fun with the most. And then B second, which one they're predisposed to have some success in that you can start to build on. And, and I I think you might surprise yourself that all of us on earth have a gift. You know, it might be our lung capacity. It might be our absolute strength. It might be our speed or quickness. And there's a sport for us that will really allow those skills to shine in a really amazing way. So see what their body language looks like when they're playing the sport, when they're in practice over a period of time. Are they looking like they're having a lot of fun? Are they telling you they're having a lot of fun? And really pay attention to that. Now, I'm not saying you should let them quit because they want to quit everything and don't improve their grit. But I think if you agree on finishing a season at the end of that season, they don't like it, didn't have any fun, then look for other sports to get them involved in that they may enjoy a little bit more. Some of the studies that have been done looking at specialization have actually shown that specialization at early ages isn't beneficial. This is just anecdotally, but of all of the athletes, professional athletes that I've worked with, I have a hard time finding any more than maybe five to 6% of them that specialized in a sport into high school. Most of them played multiple sports in high school. And that to me is eye-opening because I think so many of us think, well, if they're going to be a good baseball player, they need to start early and specialize in that sport, you know, by the time they're 10 in order for them to have a chance. But the data shows us for professional athletes that actually make it is that's not the case. Most of them are late bloomers. And yes, they're good athletes early on, but they don't specialize early. They wait and continue to develop athleticism in multiple sports. And I think that's what causes them to continue to advance and continue on that learning curve later in life when most people and kids plateau. So the research does not support specialization. I think it actually supports the opposite, but it's still light and it's not conclusive. But I think in my experience with all the pro athletes I've worked with, I ask all of them that same question. How many sports did you play? in high school. And I would say 93% of them will say they played multiple sports. But if the kid is asking you, if the child's asking you, I want to specialize. I just want to play soccer. That's all I want to do. It's my favorite sport. I love it. And I just want to focus on that. Then let the child guide that conversation. If it's healthy for them, it's not going to be detrimental to them, to them mentally or physically in any way. And it's them guiding and they're having a blast. Let that joy lead it. If it's you though, as the parent making that decision, I would second guess it. All right. Third question. And this one's from Anna. Hi, Ryan. She says, I absolutely love trained. 
It's one of my favorite podcasts, and I love the holistic approach to self-care. So I have a question for you. I'm a 27-year-old woman, five foot one, about 100 pounds. My trainers, coaches, and people who know me would say that I'm pretty strong despite my small frame. I feel very healthy, but for aesthetic and confidence reasons, I would like to gain some weight. But I want to do so in a healthy way, and I've struggled to find good resources. A friend of mine with some medical background even told me that it's not even really healthy to gain weight if you're living a healthy lifestyle. Is this true? Is healthy weight gain for the average person possible? Hey, Anna, great question. Something that I actually get a lot from a lot of athletes I work with. I don't think there's any problem in gaining muscle mass if that's going to build confidence for you and for aesthetic reasons, because that's what you want. I don't think anyone should tell you otherwise. There is nothing out there that says it's not healthy to add lean muscle mass. I think the important thing to know is how much lean muscle mass and what time frame are you adding that in and how are you going about doing it, right? So if you're just eating really unhealthy meals to get as much weight on as you possibly can and as quick as you can, I wouldn't suggest that. But if you're eating a healthy balanced diet in order to add more bulk or more muscle mass on over a long period of time, there's nothing wrong with that for a given period of time in your life. You've got to make sure that your calories and your macros are getting you into energy surplus, meaning you're taking in more than you're burning, right? The big thing is if you're struggling to get there, what I would start to do is a consult an expert. There's a lot of dietitians and nutritionists out there that work with athletes who are looking to add muscle mass. It's important to recognize and pay attention to counting your calories, and your macros to make sure that you're going in surplus over the course of your week. And then making sure that the way you're strength training is the right way. The only way to add lean muscle mass over a long period of time is through strength training, resistance training. To add muscle mass at your size and your body type, it's going to require you to train more like a bodybuilder than a CrossFit athlete. Recognizing the moment we're in, some people are not, aren't able to go to the gym or don't have access to equipment like we maybe did pre-quarantine or COVID. You can still gain muscle mass. And I think the key is now you want to focus on volume then and getting your muscles to fatigue and failure. So the key areas you'll want to focus in on every workout are mechanical tension, muscle damage, and then metabolic stress. So one is mechanical tension, right? So we want to increase mechanical tension. For example, on a bicep, we're going to want to really focus on doing enough weight where we're getting around eight reps and we're feeling fatigue and failure around eight to 10 reps. Then the second is you want to cause muscle damage. So we want to be sore after workout. That's a great thing for hypertrophy. And so killing yourself every workout isn't what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about three to four times a week, just making sure that you're getting to the point of fatigue and soreness that we know you caused enough damage that will cause repair. And then the last is metabolic stress. And that's a lot of that burning sensation you get when you perform a lot of reps in a row. That's your body going through the muscle having metabolic waste products such as lactate hydrogen ions that lead to indirectly to cellular swelling. And that's an important phenomenon in muscle growth. In my NTC program, the strength program will cause all three of the things I mentioned, mechanical tension, muscle damage, and metabolic stress, which will cause muscle growth. So if you need a program, you can go find that one. If you find an exercise to be easy, it's not because you're really good at that exercise. It's because you need to add some form of resistance to make it more difficult. So you're getting through them pretty easy and you're not fatigued at all. You need to add weight or add reps. Then you know you've gone far enough to build muscle. So Anna, the two areas you really have to focus on is your nutrition and your training. That's really important and it's totally safe, healthy, and effective. And I think you will build the confidence that you're looking for. Finally, we've got a question from Henry who teed me up for the easiest answer I've given today. Simone Manuel would be a great guest, he says. She's the first United States female swimmer of color to medal and a high profile athlete of color in a predominantly white sport. You know what, Henry? You got it. Simone will be kicking off her seventh season next week. I'd like to say that we read your letter, picked up the phone, and booked her, but it's just an instance of great minds thinking alike. 
And that said, I'm really glad we both had the idea. I've already recorded the episode, and I can tell you Simone was an amazing interview. Inspirational, knowledgeable, and just really fun. We talked about the special relationship between athlete and coach, the importance of self-talk in her routine, and really got down to the brass tacks of her daily training. I can even share a sneak peek with you. Here she is talking about the challenges of competing in, like you said, a predominantly white sport. I had to protect myself from those stereotypes and misconceptions or even the negative history of swimming. And I also had to protect my dream from myself and my own doubts of, is swimming a sport that I can be good at? And that's really difficult because it's like, well, why don't I just go ahead and do track? People will like me there. Why don't I go ahead and do basketball? People will like me there. And so I think it's challenged me in that way where if something is really important to you, like so, so important to you and you love it to your core, then nothing should stand in your way. See what I mean? Simone's an inspiration in the water or out. And you won't have to wait long to hear the rest. Our new season kicks off in just a week. Before I sign off, I also want to take a minute and thank everyone who wrote in. Every time I go through our mailbox, I think, wow, we have one of the smartest and most thoughtful audiences around. Even if we didn't answer your question today, we're always reading and listening, and we're planning to do a lot more Q&A sessions, so keep them coming. You can send your questions, requests, and comments to trained at nike.com, drop them in a review on our Apple podcast page, or just hit me up on Instagram. This has been Trained. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Trained. Just a reminder, always talk with your doctor before starting any training or nutrition program. The information we provide, it's not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. And the individual opinions expressed here are just that, opinions. They shouldn't be taken as fact.